Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening, I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. Our benevolent, unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. have announced that we can now have dinner with our friends and family as long as you've been given the experimental COVID vaccine. Here is the guidance from the Centers for Disease Control. Listen. If you and a friend or you and a family member are both vaccinated, you can have dinner together wearing masks without distancing. You can visit your grandparents if you have been vaccinated and they have been too. And that's so nice of them to tell us you are allowed to have dinner with a friend or family member. Thank you, government. We've all been eagerly awaiting your permission to do what we wanted to do. And thank you for that. We, we couldn't appreciate it more. I really used to wonder when they called dear leader, dear leader in South Korea, like how could they take that? But now it all makes so much sense, doesn't it? And I don't get too excited, though, because even if you've been fully vaccinated, you're still a potential danger to the public health and you still have to wear your face panty and you have to social distance. Listen, fully vaccinated people should continue to take precautions like public in public, like wearing masks and physical distancing, wear well-fitted masks and physically distance and avoid medium and large-sized crowds. So the bottom line is that the CDC recommendations are a complete joke. Don't forget, this is the same CDC that recommended about oh, eight months ago that you not wear a mask at all. And then they changed their mind when somehow we found out that China was going to be making a whole heck of a lot of money if they said that we had to wear masks. And so all of a sudden, we had to wear masks. Now, don't dare follow the money trail and look at all the Chinese investments into big pharma who tend to spend a lot of money on your major cable networks and put the two puzzle pieces together and think, could that have anything to do with the reason why nobody was telling you the truth about the actual science that we tell you on this show every single day? Well, anyway, our friends at Rational Ground have taken the data that is publicly available, and we can see when we compare states that were locked down that had no difference in COVID deaths, death rates uh, than states that were partially open or completely open. Don't forget this graph uh, that compares Georgia, Texas, Florida, and California. Each state did things differently, and each state saw the exact same COVID numbers per capita. Now, our government overlords would like for you to believe that they are all-powerful and all-knowing and that they can stop a virus if they can just have ultimate power over you. But you see that there was nothing they could do to stop the spread. 
Cuomo's daily lectures and excessive lockdowns in New York did nothing to help one single New Yorker as he covered up the real death data there. And thousands died because of their policies. And even though the CDC says wear masks in public, even after being vaccinated, even after you have full, full antibodies from having the virus, right? We know that wearing masks over the past year have done little or nothing to stop COVID from actually spreading. We've shown this a dozen times, but here it is again in Florida counties where masks were required. The COVID rate per capita was higher than in counties where masks were not mandated. Do the math, follow the real science. I'm not talking about the science that's paid for by corporatists who are connected to the CCP. I'm talking about the actual scientists. And I'm talking about the real doctors, the MDs we have on this show and this network night after night who are not sponsored by corporate America and are not sponsored by Big Pharma. Now, there are parts of Florida where masks were never worn, outside of Miami, outside of Broward County, outside of Palm Beach County. Life went on as usual, and the COVID rates were actually lower than in the counties that imposed the mask mandates. There's study after study I have cited night after night. I keep the piles of papers here on my desk with these studies telling about the dangers that used to be easily and readily available all over the Webernets before Google and Safari and other corporate platforms decided to cover them up. If, if you go and you do a search on DuckDuckGo or any of the independent big tech, smaller tech, actually, formats, you will find them. And now we know, after a year of data on the China viruses, that this, uh, China virus rather, rather, that the states that locked down didn't actually kill the virus at all. But they did kill a lot of jobs and, frankly, a lot of people. Two of my own friends were casualties to depression after the China virus by suicide. And so have been a lot of our elderly, a lot of our veterans, veterans, a lot of our teenagers, and a lot of others. And because when there are no jobs, there is no spending by people. No state income tax, no sales tax collected from businesses that are shut down in blue states. And that has put some Democrat governors in an actually tough spot. But never worry, Biden rides in on coming to the rescue on his white horse or I don't know, he shuffles in after eating his mashed peas. I'm not sure which it is. But the blue state bailout, also known as the COVID relief bill, is set to make its debut on Biden's desk this week. So an entire year of mismanagement by Democrat governors will be wiped away with the stroke of a single pin, if he can remember what he's signing that day. Now, $1.9 trillion will be taken from hardworking Americans and handed out, redistributed to incompetent and corrupt blue states that ran their states into the ground. Biden came to the microphone to let us all know how important this COVID relief bill is for America. Watch. The vast majority of economists, left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the to the private, private uh, 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 economic uh, polling initiatives. The economists, as I said, left, right, and center, say, in addition to the needs that people have, we need this to grow the economy. 
that if we haven't spent this money and recreated a kind of incentive for people to be able to make a good living, that we'd be in real trouble. Yep, folks, we're in trouble. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is coming up a little later in the show. She is a breath of fresh air, and she will breathe life back into your veins. But first, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around America. We are going to start in Washington, D.C. with Sophie Mann from Just the News AM. Go ahead, Sophie. Hey, Dr. G. So what I want to talk to you about today is the latest news off of Capitol Hill, which has to do with Missouri Senator Republican Roy Blunt. He announced just yesterday that he will not be seeking a third term in the U.S. Senate, which is going to open the door for what could become a messy primary battle in Missouri politics. Blunt has been in D.C. for nearly 25 years. He started in the House. Now he's in the Senate. He's actually the fourth ranking member of the Senate GOP. Um, so this is a little bit of a shock to a lot of, especially establishment Republicans. Mitch McConnell released a lengthy statement yesterday saying that he is going to be saddened by uh, Roy Blunt's departure, but looks forward to his continued service of the, uh, of, to the United States Senate and the American people over the next two years. Um, Blunt had a little bit of a tumultuous relationship with President Trump over the past four years. He, he sort of was in his camp toward the end of his term. He started speaking out against President Trump. And the thing about that is uh, President Trump is actually incredibly popular in the state of Missouri, and Roy Blunt's numbers have been going down for a while. In fact, during his last senatorial race, he uh, hung on by just a thread, perhaps riding President Trump's coattails into a victorious spot. So it's unclear sort of what his internal polling numbers were, were looking like before he made this decision, but it is very possible that the people of Missouri are ready for a senator who is more committed to the America First platform. Well, Sophie, thank you for that analysis. I'm from Missouri. That is an excellent analysis. Uh, and I tell you what, I know that race intimately, and I'm going to be watching it closely here on this show. Let's head out to California to our West Coast correspondent, Amanda Head. Amanda, good to have you with us tonight. Bernie Sanders tweeted last night that he thinks the recall effort there is a bad idea and that the right-wing extremists are behind it. But Amanda... I think there are a lot more people who are signing that recall position than just right-wingers. I mean, do you talk to people there that are tired of the oppression, no matter what their politics are? He actually called out by name right-wing Republicans, alleging that they are the ones behind this because we're mad that we have to wear masks. And unfortunately for Bernie, all his tweet accomplished was reminding us that Gavin Newsom doesn't wear masks, but he makes everyone else do it. Um, here in California, this is something that you and I have spoken about, Gina. 30% of the folks who signed their signatures to the recall uh, effort are Democrats. So we've got 1.9 million signatures at this point. So we, I mean, I, I think that a recall election at this point is virtually assured. But you take 30% of that number, that's literally hundreds of thousands of California Democrats who have signed this measure. So I'm sorry, Bernie, but there are a lot of Democrats. And, and he also talked about, you know, the will of the people. Bernie Sanders is supposed to be all about the will of the people. Unfortunately, he got the shaft not once but twice by his own party. This is the will of the people. The fact that they have been able to wrangle 1.9 million signatures is a big deal. And it shows that the voice of the people, at least a small minority, 
want this to go forward, and we will find out in the fall uh, what happens from there. As I've told you, there are two questions on the ballot. Number one, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? And number two, who do you want to take his spot? So it'll be very interesting heating up here at the end of the summer going into the fall. It sure will be, and we'll have you on every step of the way to keep us posted. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Good to be with you. All right, now let's head back to Washington, D.C., to Natalie Winters, senior reporter at National Pulse. Natalie, you have some information on one of Joe Biden's nominees at the State Department. But before we get to that, I want to remind everyone of a few controversial Biden nominees that we have reported on previously on this show. Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, sent classified information through Hillary's uh, secret and unsecure email server. And then there's Victoria Newland, Biden's undersecretary of state, and she is buddies with, of course, Christopher Steele, the author of the fake Trump-Russia dossier that you all at Just the News have reported on extensively. Now, Susan Rice is also on this list, Biden's White House domestic advisor, and she was part, you remember, of, everyone will remember, of the Benghazi scandal and also part of the Russia hoax. And then there's Melissa Hodgman, the new enforcement official at the Securities and Exchange Commission, um, fired agent Peter Strzok's wife. And so there are so many of these. Also, there's a Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen made over $800,000 giving speeches to Citadel Securities. That was part of the GameStop scandal. And then we have Biden's new assistant attorney general, Nicholas McQuaid, Hunter Biden's attorney, former attorney's former law partner. So, whew. Natalie, <laughs> over at uh, nationalpulse.com, you posted an exclusive story about a State Department nominee who has ties to the Chinese Communist Party. What is this whole story for us? Yes, well, it's clear that the road to a job in the Biden administration either runs through the Chinese Communist Party or the swamp. At the National Pulse, we've really focused on how the Chinese Communist Party has embedded itself within the Biden administration. And the article up on the screen focuses on Biden's pick for Deputy Secretary of State, a lady by the name of Wendy Sherman. And we exposed that she took trips to China sponsored and subsidized uh, by a group called the China United States Exchange Foundation, which the U.S. government has identified as part of a Chinese government-led effort to, quote, co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the Chinese Communist Party. After going on that trip, she actually came back to Washington, D.C., spoke at a host of pro-China lobbying groups that really embraced the faulty Biden-esque principle that a closer relationship between America and China benefits American workers. And she said ridiculous things such as, quote, we don't fear the rise of China. She even hailed a speech by Xi Jinping as extraordinary in the private sector. She did the same thing working for a lobbying firm that worked with and for a Chinese Communist Party linked companies. So I think at this point, it's safe to say that the Biden administration or at the National Pulse, we like to call it a regime, is really pursuing a sort of affirmative action style hiring process for individuals who have a close relationship to the Chinese Communist Party. I guess, you know, when I when I think about all of the things that the Biden regime, if you will, as you said, <laughs> uh, is doing to um, really just inextricably link us to the CCP, Natalie, I wonder how we'll ever undo this. Do would it will it ever be possible? Because even when I think back to Obama, 
he he had he may have been compromised in some manner, but he he hadn't himself personally benefited, to my knowledge, into the millions or possibly even billions as the Biden family has, and he hadn't made business deals with his administration to the degree that that the Biden administration has, and even incorporating them into his administration. Um, as you said, um, you know, exclu by exclusive means like this, um, as if there were some sort of affirmative action for the CCP, as you put it. Um, and, and so is there any way to ever fix this once it's done? I don't know. I mean, I think conservatives were very quick to write off Hunter Biden as kind of the black sheep of the Biden family, of the Biden regime. But it seems that as the days go on, uh, the Hunter Biden playbook of inking deals with the Chinese Communist Party, having close relationships with Chinese Communist Party apparatchiks, really is kind of a, a role model uh, for prospective members of the Biden administration. And it's really concerning because you're, you're seeing this close relationship play out in every field, whether it's the Biden administration secretly revoking guidelines that would require universities to disclose funding that they receive from the Chinese Communist Party, or even revoking a Trump-era executive order that banned the Chinese Communist Party and their military-linked entities from our power grid. So at the point in which our education systems and fundamental systems like uh, our, our energy, things we rely on to live our day-to-day -day lives are being sold out to the Chinese Communist Party, uh, it's a really, really scary path. But it's, it's really important that Americans call their senators, call their representatives to oppose the nominations of people like Wendy Sherman for these critical positions at the State Department, at the Defense Department. Natalie, I have so many more questions for you. I'm just going to have to have you back on tomorrow. I already asked my producers. So uh, if not tomorrow, if you're busy, I want to have you back on soon because we really have to report the CCP stuff because you know what? The other networks just frankly aren't doing it. We have a steep educational curve ahead of us. So thank you for all you're doing, all your great reporting on this, and uh, let's do get you back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Back on soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Now let's head out to Denver, Colorado, to our Real America's Voice headquarters, to Jessica Rivera. There, as always, digging deep for all the best dirt. What do you have for us today, Jessica? Hey, Dr. Gina, before I begin my report, I want to give a full disclosure that my husband is a bail bondsman. And, um, but at the same time, I want to make it very clear that if it was proven that crime go, would go down without cash bail, my husband would surely find another career. So with that said, my report today is on doing away with cash bail and the deadly consequences. Many states across the nation are currently debating on getting rid of bail bondsmen and putting the courts in their place. What this means in a nutshell is bail bondsmen who play a third party role between the court system and the accused would be done away with, and now the accused would deal directly with the courts for their freedom. This may not sound like a big deal to many, but it does matter when you or a loved one is actually in the situation, not to mention it's a huge conflict of interest. If more arrests um, 
equal more money for the courts, it's an incentive. Uh, according to the U.S. Constitution, the Supreme Court has said a defendant can be held without bail pending a criminal trial, and there's no absolute right to bail. So let's start with the person being accused and arrested of a crime. Once that happens, the person is then taken to jail. At the jail, the accused is usually given a bail amount in order to be let out to prepare for their case. The bail amount is then either paid in full to the courts or the accused can pay a percentage of the bail amount to what is known as a bail bondsman. That bondsman then steps in as an insurance and takes on the responsibility for the accused while he or she is free and until the case is resolved. The way the courts and the bondsman ensure that the accused will show up for their court is the accused can get some money back on the full amount of the bill that they actually paid to the courts once they are done with their case. And the bondsman ensures the same, but they do it by taking on the full responsibility for the appearance of the accused, or they have to pay that amount in full uh, to the courts. And the bondsman also has the power to rearrest that accused person if they choose not to show up. So in both scenarios, there is the promise of freedom as long as the accused keeps showing up for court and stays out of trouble. Currently, the problem is there are people and groups that want to do away with cash bail citing that bondsmen make money off minorities who are disproportionately accused and arrested by police. In turn, many courts are now letting people out of jail for a small amount of money or for free, personal recognizance. Mind you, many of these people are repeat offenders and felons who haven't just made mistakes for the first, second, or third time. Many of these offenders are hardened criminals who are released by the courts with no real reason to show back up to court and who continue their life of crime until they are caught again, again, and again. It doesn't take a genius to figure out the process of a no-cash bail system is leaving cities across the nation with skyrocketing crime rates, murder rates, and very unsafe streets. Dr. Gina, this is a much larger problem that I could spend a whole lot more time on, but I wanted to address the issue for our viewers who will hear about this a lot and have been hearing about it a lot in the headlines, but have really no idea how our, our whole criminal justice system works because frankly, they're not involved in it, which is a good thing. Not to mention, Dr. Gina, the only people who are supporting of letting these criminals out for free are those who are criminals themselves or those who feel uh, more for criminals' lives than they do for the innocent victims. And our criminal system is, our criminal justice system obviously is not perfect, could definitely use some work but to allow hardened criminals to run rampant with little to no consequence is by far the answer at this point. Wow, that is fascinating. Who knew all of that? A primer on a bail bondsman. Thank you so much for that, Jessica. You're welcome. Thanks, and uh, coming up, did you see that Lauren Boebert for prison was trending on social media today? Speaking of bail bondsmen, well, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is coming up next to respond, so you won't want to miss that. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming up. Stick around. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, tomorrow, Congress is set to vote on the $1.9 trillion COVID quote-unquote relief bill that has actually very little to do with COVID relief and a whole lot more to do with bailing out the blue states. But Joe Biden says it's really important that we pass this, and his argument is really compelling. Watch. The vast majority of economists, left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the, to the private, private uh, 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 economic uh, polling initiatives, 
the economists, as I said, left, right, and center, say, in addition to the needs the people have, we need this to grow the economy. That if we haven't spent this money and recreated the kind of incentive for people to be able to make a good living, that we'd be in real trouble. You know, the thing, you know, the thing, yeah. Anyway, zero Republicans have supported this bill so far, and someone who's going to vote a big fat N-O on this bill tomorrow joins me right now. The left wants to label her, but the right knows that she is a rock star. Welcome to the show, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Thanks so much for having me, Gina. Absolutely. Now, Congresswoman, first of all, I don't think Joe Biden even knows what the heck he's signing or saying or doing on a daily basis. But secondly, there is a laundry list of items in this bill that have absolutely nothing to do with COVID. What's your least favorite part of the bill? And I know this is hard, but I want you to pick. <laughs> you know, I think it's just frustrating that this is a Biden blue state bailout. We have these Democrat-ran states that mismanaged their funding, mismanaged their budgets, mismanaged their people, and held their people hostage in order to demand a bailout from the federal government. And I think that's the most disgusting thing of all. I live in Colorado, where we were locked down. Uh, businesses not able to fully operate to pay their employees. We still have 100% of the bills. And it's very frustrating when big box stores and grocery stores are able to remain open, but small businesses have to be closed. Uh, I don't think that this goes without repeating, but uh, every employee is essential. And to have governors say that some are essential and some aren't, and then demand the federal government bail them out, it's just ludicrous. And so when, when you look at this and you see this spending, what, what are you telling your constituents that we can do about it? I mean, in the long run, is there any sort of solution that you foresee? Because uh, the way I see it, uh, this is something that our children, grandchildren, and probably great-grandchildren are going to end up paying for. Uh, they absolutely are going to end up paying for it. They are the ones who suffer from this. And unfortunately, this will be passed uh, straight down party lines. Uh, this is a majority vote bill. And this is what happens when... Democrats have control of the House and the Senate and the presidency. And this is what happens when we cede our freedoms to power-hungry politicians. Less than 9% of this so-called COVID relief actually goes to COVID health-related issues. Democrats are masters of labeling things that aren't true. They call this COVID relief, but it's not. It's, it's a bailout to these terribly mismanaged places and even overseas. Uh, just like we saw with the equality bill, it's not equality. Just like we see with HR1, they call it the For the People Act. It's not for the people. It's for swampy politicians. They like to tie things up with a pretty bow and call it something that it isn't. Um, really, they're just masters of projection. They, they project onto their opponents everything that they are guilty of and, and then try to act like they're actually here for the people, but they're hurting the American people with these failed policies. And Gina, if I may, I was raised under these failed Democrat policies. I understand that this is all about control. I understand that this limits the American people and it keeps us stuck in a cycle of poverty. And they never want the American people to get out of that cycle.
And it's great that you mentioned H.R. 1 because that was going to actually be my next question, uh, this so-called For the People Act. This bill, arguably more dangerous than the huge COVID spending bill because it pretty much puts the power in the hands of the socialists and keeps it there forever and ever more. And this yeah. is one of the scariest things. I, I, you know, Congresswoman, I literally have friends of mine that are, if not suicidal, close to suicidal over these two bills and feeling like this puts our republic at the end of its rope. What, what do you mm. say to your friends, because uh, I know you have them too, that are saying similar things to you? Well, I don't want anyone to give up. I don't want anyone to lose hope. No one said that this fight was going to be easy. I'm here taking this on each and every day, and it's my honor to do it. H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act, is the most anti-American, unconstitutional piece of legislation that we have seen in so long. It codifies all of those terrible policies uh, and, and mishaps that we saw in the 2020 elections. You know, all of the procedures that we were told were only temporary because of the pandemic. Well, now they would be solidified in federal law under this bill. It is terrible for the American people. It requires states to ignore voter IDs. And there's no, there's no place for any voter verification whatsoever. Good job, Democrats. They want 16-year-olds to be able to register to vote, but then we don't require voter ID. So that means 16 and 17-year-olds can now vote. Uh, and I think even more than that, they want more tax dollars to go towards politicians. They want tax dollars to go to fund their campaigns with six to one ratio matching. And uh, this, is, this is terrible. Who wants taxpayer-funded politicians? This is a DC takeover of our elections. And you know, almost as soon as I asked you on the show today, um, I saw this hashtag trending. Um, it said <laughs> Lauren Boebert for prison. And I thought, what more perfect day to have you on the show? Because I figure if that's the hashtag that is trending on our socialist, uh, you know, big tech platforms, then it must be a great thing that you did. Uh, what did you do to deserve that bot label? Well, I certainly was exposing the hypocrisy here at Fort Pelosi in Washington, D.C., where uh, Democrats decry walls <laughs> from within their own heavily guarded uh, fortress. Uh, it, it's, it's really their hypocrisy on full display. We voted, they voted last week to defund our police, and this week they're slashing our Second Amendment rights, saying that the people can't even defend themselves while they have thousands of National Guards here armed to defend them. This is elitism at its finest. Uh, so I was exposing Speaker Pelosi and her desire for walls after she said that we shouldn't have them, but they're okay to protect her. Gina, what I really think we need to do is hold a remote session of Congress or two down at the southern border, and maybe we could finally get that secure. Congresswoman, we know that they are coming for our gun rights. That is next on their big agenda. There's no doubt about it. And it's no wonder that we've had two of the biggest months of gun sales in history. But this is something that you have been out in front fighting for. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone as public of a fighter on this issue as you. And uh, what can the average citizen do? Because I think a lot of us feel a little hopeless and a little helpless. Uh, you have a platform. I have a platform, but I always like to try to get advice from folks like you with such a platform 
for those who feel like maybe they don't know how to fight? Well, Gina, I was just a private citizen, a mom, and a small business owner, and I took a stand for our Second Amendment rights when Robert Francis O'Rourke announced to everyone from a presidential debate stage that he was going to take away our guns. I drove three hours to his presidential rally with my Glock on my hip, and I looked him in the eye and told him, hell no, you're not. So I want the American people to know that it doesn't take much to start a movement. Uh, we are seeing people speak out on behalf of all of their constitutional rights like never before. Um, this is a movement that is not going away and the people are not backing down. So stay engaged, stay involved, um, help people who are involved and, and don't let up on your representatives. Uh, let them hear your voice. I love hearing from my constituents. I love hearing from people all over America because I'm here to be their voice. You are, and I, and I mean this in the nicest way, and I don't mean to sound like a cynic, but my husband was an elected senator in the state of Missouri, and he did listen to his constituent mail, but I knew a lot of those guys that had been there for a long, long time, and it, frankly, they laughed when we told them that we read our constituent mail. Do you really think wow. that the Democrats care what the American people think anymore based upon their actions today? You know, it's hard to believe that they do care. Um, they are very disconnected from average, everyday Americans. Um, hearing them talk on the House floor, it's it's very it's a very disconnected message. But I wouldn't stop. I would not let them off easy. Um, just like all of this that we're doing here, we are not letting the Democrat Party have a free pass at destroying our country. So anything we can do to get in the Democrats' way, we're doing it. My job right now is to get in their way and message to the American people how I'm doing it. The Democrats can't stand me because they've never seen a member like me who can take their heat. They hate that strong women are rising in opposition of them because it destroys their gender war narrative. Yeah, exactly, which is one of the things I absolutely love about you. We covered the stimulus uh, bill, the COVID stimulus bill, the HR1, gun control. There's so much coming at us. Sometimes it, it's exhausting. But on top of all that, we do have to worry about the crisis on our border. Biden's open border policies, Congresswoman, have caused the entire country to have to worry about this border issue that we were in the process of actually fixing. Now we've all become border states, and this really does affect us all. Um, what is your personal preference in terms of plans as far as what we can do about it and how we can help you? And, and I don't want you to be shy here because I think this, this gets down to us helping you be reelected, us helping you uh, get the message us, uh, out, rather, um, and even things like us retweeting you and supporting you out there in social media. So how can we help you? Well, I'm coming to you from my official capacity, but um, all of us could use all the help that we can get. And we just love hearing from the American people and uh, and being here to serve and, and work for the American people. I think that that's key right now, not forgetting who we work for. But, you know, speaking of the border, uh, Biden and his handlers, they're not just dropping bombs on foreign countries. They're blowing up our own agencies from within. They want to render our immigration and customs enforcement useless. So if they pass H.R. 1, like we were talking about, through the Senate, the Democrats will have millions of illegal voters and some of them criminals to help the Democrats keep control in 2022. Most Americans want to keep ICE and President Biden knows this. So he's trying to dismantle ICE behind closed doors. This is another example of the squad's radical ideology running the Democrats' agenda. 
Uh, we have a Biden border crisis right now, and it's, it's a real-life twilight zone. The Democrats want open borders but closed school. They want to jail you for not wearing a mask, but they want to keep illegal aliens who are drunk driving in the country. They want a border wall to protect Americans, but they want a they don't want a border wall to protect Americans, but they want a wall around the D.C. offices to protect themselves. Uh, the Democrats' priorities are obviously out of touch with the American people. And, uh, you know, allow me to say to your, to your listeners, if your representatives have these idiotic, senseless, radical priorities, fire them. Well, I think that sounds like really sound advice. And forgive me for uh, forgetting that you are in your official capacity, so you can't say anything. But I can say to our audience that we have to support the people that are out there fighting this hard and taking it on the front line. So I'm going to say go to LaurenForFreedom.com if you would like to contribute to her. She can't say it. But I'm not in official capacity, and guess what? I can. So, Lauren, thank you so much for being with us. Congresswoman, forgive me. And uh, it is, we appreciate you so much, and it is my honor to have you on the show tonight. And thank you for fighting for our constitutional rights. That's really all we elect anyone to do. This isn't even a partisan thing. Yes. This is really just about right. our Constitution and our Bill of Rights, and it's so simple if they would just fight for it. And that's all you're doing. It's so simple. We appreciate you. Yes. Gosh, we could have just come on here and said that and been done. <laughs> Great words, And Gina. been done. Been done. And it's a shame that the rest of the folks that you work with every day just don't seem to get it. At least it seems like 95% of them don't. Anyway, thank you so much, Congresswoman. Thank you, Gina. Coming up, it's our good guy with a gun segment. And you might be able to guess what happened when a man in Atlanta tried to rob a Chick-fil-A. That story's next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Don't go away. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It is time for our Good Guy with a Gun segment. Now, what do you think would happen if someone were to attempt to rob a Chick-fil-A in Georgia? My next guest might know. Governor Eric Greitens is here to help us today with our Good Guy with a Gun segment. Good to see you, Governor. Hey, awesome to see you, Dr. Gina. And I love this segment. I think it's a fantastic segment. So important to tell these stories of armed citizens every day, standing up, defending their families, defending their neighborhoods. And their businesses in some cases. And, uh, these and, their, and largely, their businesses. Yeah, and these stories largely go untold. And so that's why we try to bring attention to them. Anyway, in this particular case, an armed robber walked into a Chick-fil-A in Atlanta, and just what do you guess happened? Well, you know, it sounds like he walked away with a little more than a chicken sandwich and some spare change. Why? Because there was an armed citizen exercising his Second Amendment rights who actually stood up, Dr. Gina, and detained the suspect using his legally owned firearm and held him there until the police came. It's a perfect example of why the Second Amendment is so important. 
Exactly, exactly. I love these stories. And the great thing is there are so many of them. We can yes. tell them every single day, and we never run out of them because there are a lot right. more good guys with guns out there now. Forbes had a story on the de decline in gun sales last month, but it was still the busiest February on record, Eric, since the FBI began keeping track. People are really feeling the need to exercise their Second Amendment rights. A year ago, in January and February, the FBI, Eric, did 2.7 and 2.8 million background checks of people purchasing firearms. But this year, in January, there was an all-time record of 4.3 million background checks done and 3.4 million in February. Governor, is this a response to an overbearing government that is slouching ever rapidly toward socialism? Is this what happens when Americans see the heavy hand of government taking away our rights every single day? Well, Dr. Gina, first of all, what it's reminding people of is that they needed and they wanted to have a President Trump who supported law and order, who was out there supporting the police. Because what did you see? You see in these Democrat-run cities, that's where it's the worst. That's where violence is out of control. And you're seeing carjackings and robberies and murders accelerate ever more quickly. And, you know, you had that that story it's so important in Chicago where there are all of these stories of violence day after day after day people are finally saying to themselves enough of this leftist government that's not protecting us enough of the leftists who aren't willing to get out and support the police they're following the lead that President Trump established of actually supporting law and order and they're saying to themselves you know what I'm gonna exercise my Second Amendment rights I'm gonna be prepared to defend my family my home, myself, and my business, because what leftists are doing is making the country more dangerous. We saw it all through the summer, all through the summer of 2020, as leftists pushed looting and arson and burning all across cities uh, throughout America, and now increasing violence under Joe Biden's administration. That's why strong American citizens are out there doing this. In one word, Gina, I would encourage everyone, I say this as a Navy SEAL, as an armed citizen, it's not enough just to have a firearm. You got to train with it. You got to know how to use it safely and effectively to protect yourself and others. That's right. And I, I think it's really important, too, to note. I always say this. Uh, it's not just important to go to the gun range. It's important to train tactically. Yeah. You know, how to run yes. with it, how to move with it, how to shoot with it when you're in real situations that are practical. Anyway, you mentioned uh, the Chicago, and that's right. Chicago yes. Tribune reported that last year, Black customers, and I love this statistic, accounted for the largest increase in any racial group. Are we about to find a lot more conservatives appearing in Chicago who like their Second Amendment rights? Yeah, absolutely you are. Again, Dr. Gina, it goes back to the example of President Trump, who had outstanding support, the greatest support in generations for a Republican candidate coming from African Americans who saw what the left was pushing. They saw what they were pushing and they suffered the consequences of it in Democrat-run cities with increasing violence. And now citizens are stepping up and they're saying enough is enough. We're going to exercise our Second Amendment rights. We're going to protect ourselves, our families, our homes. And we are not going to allow leftist politicians to continue to run our cities into the ground. 
That's absolutely right. Well, I'm glad to have you for this segment. Uh, you're doing great things out there, moving things around, shaking it up. And uh, I always know when I see people hating, bots hating on the Internet, that it means that you're getting ready for greatness. So thank you for being with us tonight, Governor. God bless you, Dr. Gina. Appreciate joining you on the front lines here. All right, absolutely. Let's have you back soon. Coming up, you won't believe who was canceled this time. The mob is on the move, and they are coming for your favorite childhood cartoon characters. You just won't believe it now. Right here, up next on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It's our time for our, it is time rather for our cancel culture segment. Here with me now to help with this segment, our West Coast correspondent. You know her. Her name is Amanda Head. And Amanda, thank you for sticking around here on the show to help me out with this segment. Amanda, the cancel mob is on the march again. And this time, they're after the Looney Tunes character that I'm not even sure I've ever heard of, but it's Pepe Le Pew. And uh, Pepe, he is being canceled now. He was just a lovable and extra friendly little skunk. But Amanda, I don't understand what kind of enjoyment the cancel mob gets from this. What satisfaction can they possibly receive from canceling cartoon characters? Oh my gosh, there's absolutely no benefit to this. I swear, I think liberals go down the aisle at toy stores and just try to figure out what offends them and they try to look for things that offend them. Cartoons aren't real life. Uh, none of us could sail our house connected to balloons up into the heavens. Uh, none of us are made of sponges and live underwater. This isn't real life. And look, I normally don't like getting upstaged in the humor department, but when it's by an actual mm -hmm. comedian, then I'm okay with that. So Larry the Cable Guy tweeted in response to this, and I think it's perfect. He said, the controversial French skunk, LOL, these cancel morons literally have mental problems. Push back, folks. Seriously, we're neck deep in commie stupidity. Just say no to thugs. If a horny skunk offends you, don't watch the damn thing. The fact I even have to write the phrase, if a horny skunk. <laughs> it's the truth. This is not real life. It's a cartoon. Because the New York Times article alleges that in watching Pepe Le Pew and his behavior, that little boys and little girls are going to think that this behavior is acceptable. Everything about cartoons is, is demonstrably more than what is in real life. It's the whole point of cartoons. You can't actually, you know, connect somebody's foot to, or you're not going to, God forbid, connect someone's foot to a cinder block and drop them off a cliff. Um, you know, all of these roadrunner antics, all of these types of things, it's not real life. And I think that liberals just don't get that because they have such wild imaginations and think that people yeah. can be one of 86 genders. Then they think that children will assume that this is the way you act in public. It's but, real. you yeah, know, children exactly. don't have black and white fur. So I hope that they would associate the fact that it's a cartoon yeah. and not real life. Good point. Good point. All right, Amanda, it is also now time for our meme of the day. Here we go.
Amanda, we see Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy living under socialism, eating teeny tiny slices of bread and barely surviving. And we also see Bugs Bunny as the politician living under socialism, counting his stacks of money. Amanda, 30 seconds, but it's pretty accurate. It is accurate and also kind of hits home because that lower graphic, I think that's how my husband views me because I'm very stingy with my money. So he ma imagines me like Scrooge McDuck or Bugs Bunny just like counting my chips and hiding them. Um, yeah, this perfectly personifies what life is like for normal people under socialism and the elected powers that be under socialism. It is a tiny percentage True. at the top with all the money and the rest of you get teeny tiny wafer thin slices of bread. If that. Thank you so much for being with us tonight, Amanda. We always appreciate you. And thanks to you for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6. Be up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, and you go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody.